Welcome to the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast. A reminder to everybody in the audience listening, the views on this podcast are the presenters only and do not expect the views on this podcast do not represent the views or opinions or strategies of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. Wow, I messed that one up bad. <laughs> and he means everybody listening. Yes. Yes. And we're back. Episode 40. Disputes, Delegates, and OT, oh my. Well, this will be a fun, filled, packed evening, guys. <laughs> yeah, we do. But we do, before we get into episode 40, we have to make a couple of corrections from last week's episode. Last week, we did talk about the computational retirement date, and we did misspeak on that because we said it was when you go regular. That was before they added the PTFs in there. And also anybody that had a career prior to joining the Postal Service, the Postal Service Rural Carrier Craft. So if you have any career time before that, that also goes into your retirement computation date. Right now, we wanted to correct that and say that it's not just when you become regular. And in the future, if the resolution that we got passed at National where RCAs get a career status, then that will also be a computated retirement date. And the other one that we discussed actually on the podcast that we get back to you on was about mapping in the, in the AM. And we did search at length for anything in writing, but there is nothing that is specifically set, set in stone. Some managers will argue that you're getting paid with the 8127 time, so you don't get help. Some managers will say you get help, so you don't get the 8127 time. So it's carrier discretion. If you can get management to give you both, take it. Because there are some managers that are actually nice enough to give you both. So if you can get it, take it, but there's nothing in writing. Now we can start this episode. <laughs> All right. 40. We hit 40, guys. That's 10 away from 50. I'm feeling old. <laughs> I know. Been doing too, too long. long, too long. We're just getting started. Oh, I know, right? Anyways, yeah. my week was fairly uneventful just running that route every day but yeah was it uneventful no it wasn't not at all not an exciting week for me james how was your week well it was uh pretty good i mean after the mini mail survey of course all the wsh and wss and everything started coming in again a lot of it in the dps of course overall mail volume's been about the same a little bit heavier in some spots a little bit lighter in others you know, package volumes up and down, almost like a roller coaster each day. You never know how many packages you're going to get. Or but um, Amazon even shows up. It, yeah. And then uh, there was actually a issue with the carrier having problems, and they still, they actually asked me about it, even though 
you know, the situation there. And, of course, I, as usual, my helpful self, I gave them the wording and, and dialogues and stuff in the contracts and things like that. I mean, that's what we do is, is we're here to help every carrier, whether it's somebody that likes us or not. So that was a nice thing to do during the week and, of course, helping everybody throughout the week and then just figuring out solutions to problems. That's about all we can do. So that's about how my week went. And then uh, the weekend ended up going to the uh, North American International Auto Show Saturday. Got to see the cool new cars and things like that. And looked at, uh, well, I should say I looked at all the cars that are the prices of what houses used to be. It was really nice to get out and go see some sites on a Saturday that some people can't go out on. I feel sorry for you guys. I really do. It was nice to actually get out of town and go see some sites. So, that's my week. How about your guys'? Josh, how was your week? My week was pretty good. Um, been training in RCA on my route this, you know, the past week or two. She was supposed to go to vehicle training on Tuesday, but the vehicle they put her in, the turn signal indicator broke off. It was rolling, and even with pulling the emergency brake, it didn't stop. So they said, yeah, we're going to reschedule you. So she's supposed to go to that Monday. However, prior to that, you know, that happening, the supervisor said she would consider the two pay periods to start after she's vehicle trained. So I wrote on my, on my um, 4240 when it came out either Saturday or Monday morning, my K days for Friday and Saturday since I had the rotation. And no one said anything at all about having to come in, nor did I get a call the last couple of days. So I actually had my full weekend, which was a beautiful thing. That's a weekend. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, making Kristen jealous here. We're making her jealous sorry. of both of our stories. I can't hey. even get a union function off right now. It's that bad. <laughs> I I understand. But in the same breath, almost, they're telling carriers that are not on the list they can't work their case, their relief days because they don't want to deal with exits but then they turn around and last week or something they were telling them they were mandated a young lady in the office has also has friday saturday rotation they told her she had to work friday she says well what about saturday no nope, you can't work that but if you're mandating me for one why not the other well that's a different week so yeah, and then I don't know what's, what happened with, because I did let the ADR know about them saying that people on the list were being told they cannot take code three again because they just don't want to deal with the exits. Because they'd end up having to pay them out anyways because there's no coverage for them. Right. Bill, how was your week? Oh, it was a walk down memory lane for me in uh, PA, Delaware, PA, District 2. The uh, district people at our plants and, you know, they're, they're overseers. Remember the days of the good old count. So they held back the WSH, the WSSs, and we got nailed Monday to Friday with all of those. And by Wednesday, the postmaster was coming over questioning everybody. And it's like, you know, your favorite asshole kept copies of all the ones that, you know, went through his route. Yeah. And he's looking and he goes, what are these people doing? And I says, you know, it's in their mindset. This is what they've done for the past 25 years. They, they just can't get it out of their mindset that this no longer holds true during a mini-mail survey. You know, it doesn't matter when you're getting the WSS. 
it's going in this in, into the scanner and going into the database. So um, that was the first good part. Second part was when I reminded the ADR who has to work Saturday to make sure they put up the workday relief list. And of course, he says, oh, no, that doesn't go up to October 7th. And I said, uh, no, that's when it starts. It goes up this Saturday. No, no, no. I, 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 let me check. Got back and told me, no, it doesn't go up until the 7th. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> Saturday morning, I got I got a text on the w, RDWL's up. Thanks for the info. <laughs> And this is from my former ADR. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, okay, now I can understand all these messages I'm getting about the representation. And on Friday, they moved in the first piece of equipment and continued into Saturday for our parcel sorting machine. So we're going high tech now. And uh, I guess we can blame the machine for the missed throws instead of the carrier, uh, the clerks, because mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder and uh, Jose Feliciano have been throwing our parcels for the last five years. Other than that, it, the the weather's been beautiful here. I mean, you know, mid seventies, sunshine, a little rain right now, but I mean, otherwise, uh, this this is my time of year. Oh, it's been gorgeous here too. High, mid to high sixties, low seventies. It's been nice. It's supposed mm-hmm. to warm back up again here, so I'm like, yeah. Pull my you have sh- to let us know, Bill, how that goes with the um, sorting machine. We were supposed to get one, and they ditch that idea well our postmaster believes that uh he can actually get us to come in earlier with the parcel sorting machine because of the fact that you know it doesn't require more clerks than what he's using now i said you mean more clerk supervisors and custodians have been throwing parcels all week and he goes well a couple people were on vacation and I said, uh, okay it, it doesn't matter you, you know you can put ai in there and it'll still be screwed up I do have to say, though, I had a customer give me a uh, bag of peaches fresh off her tree this week. That was pretty awesome. There's those bells in the background again. Yeah, I gotta turn the volume down on my phone. Somebody went outside. It's my ring doorbell. Alright, so this week, we've got a pretty good show. The end of the show, of course, is going to be our uh, wonderful, most passionate part of it. So make sure you stick around and enjoy. The first thing I have is a little bit of an Do announcement. Do I have to? You don't have to. If, I don't have if to you stick around to, and enjoy? No, you, you could hate it all the way. It doesn't bother me. I didn't say hate. <laughs> you could, no one said anything about hate. You said I have to stick around and enjoy. Well, you don't so, have to enjoy do, it. And if you don't enjoy it, please give us a comment on it. Mm-hmm. Give us a comment on our on our podcast. Give us a voice message if you have that option. Or you can even give us a comment on our Facebook page. And we'll listen, we'll read it. Do I have to stick around, though? Well, if you want, want to hear what we're talking about, it would be a good idea. And I think the stuff we're talking about today is very important to carriers, especially with what's coming up. Oh, I guess I'll hang out then. That, that's, called, that's called a teaser, okay? Yes. We, I, I like to tease what we're going to be talking about a little <laughs> bit. And one of the big things we're going to be talking about is, of course, dispute and the, the overtime desirability list. Relief, like that. Re- relief day work list. Yes. Overtime desired city. And closing. Yes. I apologize. That's what my city postmaster calls me. Yeah. So I apologize. Well, and we're I'll, also I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I tell the um, supervisor when she comes over and says, "You guys are on the overtime list. Can you help?" I said, "No, I'm on the relief day work list." Which 
only means that I'm willing to work my relief day. Now you see why I said it that way. It, you remember, semantics matters in arguments, even in disputes and in grievances. Semantics matters. So make sure you're using the right definitions when you're doing your disputes and your grievances. So I, I knew do it was have, Samantha once. I said semantics. Not oh, semantics. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. <laughs> it's my left ear again. Yeah. So Still same difference. Yeah. But one of the things that we have going on behind the scenes is we're working on getting a mapping set up of all 50 states and territories that have rural carriers in them so we know their delegations and the strengths of their delegations and how their delegations work. And that's one of the biggest things going on right now that we're talking about is we're going towards putting delegates on the ballot that actually care about the craft, that actually want to help the craft and things like that. So that's one of the things I wanted to talk about was the delegate selection process and how you can become a delegate for national convention or state convention. Those are the two biggest arenas that we have for making change in this union. So starting out, you have your state delegation that goes to your state convention. They're the ones who elect your state leadership. They're the ones who decide yes or no on resolutions, whether they move on to national or even affect your state itself. There are some resolutions that get put up to go to state that sit there and change the state constitution and how state things are done. And then it gets voted up to national. Then you have your national delegates that get put up and then go on to vote your national leadership and on the resolutions that made it to national convention. So the big thing we want to talk about is what does it take to become a delegate? Now, some states do it differently. Some regions do it differently. Some counties do it differently if you have counties versus regions. So I wanted to kind of get your guys' state's way of doing that. So, Kristen, you want to tell us how how it is in Michigan? In Michigan, it's we're broken down by counties or county units, I should say. Um, in my county unit, I have seven individual counties. We have a membership of 125 to be a state delegate, all you have to do is submit your uh, nomination, whether it's for somebody else or for yourself, into your county secretary slash secretary treasurer. And each and within the state of Michigan, for each county or county unit, you're allowed uh, one delegate per 10 members. So in uh, my county, it would be like 12. And if you get 12 or more people nominated for delegate, then you would hold an election at the annual meeting. But if you don't get all of the required, or not required delegates, but all the uh, available delegates, then you're automatically a delegate to go. Yeah, and it's the same down here in my county unit. Kristen and I are both in the same state, but her section is seven counties because they don't have enough participation in each county to have their own county board to oversee everything 
So they've created a regional section to cover everything. Whereas in my county, there is enough people active and going to meetings and being involved to have a leadership at the county level. So we only have one county segment for ours. And uh, I'm pulling it up right now. I have the number. But I believe we had a hundred and hundred and or no, two hundred and seventy-five votes, which we meet means we have two thousand seven hundred and fifty dues-paying members in my county. That's not how many people attend the meetings, but that's how many our county represents. Now, one of the caveats for some of the regions, I'm not sure if it's true with yours up there, Kristen, or not. But they require you to go to so many meetings in order to be a delegate, whether it be for state or national. So that's something you got to be mindful of. You're going to want to be participating. You want to go to your meetings. You want to go to your boosters. You want to go to your state convention and things like that. Because not only are they important for the growth of the union and the strength of the union, but it's also got great information at each of these events. Like ours is um, coming up in October. And I think they said they had, um, well, last year they had a guy from the Postal Inspection Service that told us about the stuff that they do and things that they look for and stuff like that. So it's great that you learn that stuff to keep an eye out for when you're out on the route and stuff like that. The biggest thing you need to do is you need to get involved. And sometimes that's hard to do if you're a long ways away. Like Kristen said, she's got eight counties. The entire upper peninsula of Michigan is one unit. The entire area up there is one unit. So they have their meetings up there, and some people have to drive a long way to get there. So it's not really feasible or affordable, especially those on Table 2 or that are RCAs, to be able to drive all the way to these meetings and things. So that's another caveat of all of this. How about you, uh, Josh? What is yours like? I was just looking to verify. Or I don't know if all the districts for North Carolina are the same. We typically at the local, at our local district meeting, pass around a signing sheet of who wants to be a delegate. Up to, you know, up to however we're entitled to, which in the five, eight, Film between five and eight years. I've been going to meetings and been vice president or president. We have never come close to our full complement. Once you sign your name after it's passed around the room, our secretary treasurer will read out all of the names and we will take it to a verbal vote of if we are in agreement that everyone on that list will represent our district as a um, delegate at the state. And what I was doing was actually looking at my state constitution. It says all districts shall be entitled to one delegate vote for each six paid up members or a fraction thereof. So that's how, how we get our state delegate. How about yours? Oh, well, you know, at our, our county level, we, uh, basically anybody wants to go to our state convention goes. Okay. I mean, uh, Typically, we only have, uh, out of, uh, 220 some people, we'll usually only have four to five people that attend, but we're allowed up to 23. 
And um, a month ahead of that, we get our list for the people being uh, selected for the national convention. And more times than not, people will select the names that they know, which is their state officers, uh, their DRs or ADRs, and uh, some standout retirees, which really gets under my skin a bit because of the fact that, you know, the union wants you to be involved, but by keeping these people up there all the time, going to all the conventions and committees and, and traveling to Washington and having their little powwows there, they they suppress anybody who's trying to work, work their way of at least 30, 35 people uh, over and above our national delegate list that could attend. You want new voices, you want new ideas, you want input, but yet you don't allow for those people to have a voice because of so many people at the top that are voted in just on name recognition alone. And and that's got to change, folks. It's it's really the, the crux in the national convention because those are the people voting for the same seats every year, and they want to keep it that way. And with only 10% of dues-paying members returning their ballots nationwide on average, uh, it's not beneficial. So the biggest thing that we need to do is we need people to step up, not only running as a delegate and participating in the union, but also putting their pen to paper and voting for their delegates. That's the biggest thing that we can do as a union member. And as a dues-paying member, is use our power of our vote. Because without the power of our vote, we have no voice. You have no voice. You have to put your voice on paper and vote. And Kristen, you had something else to say. I heard you when I said went on to um, Josh. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Sorry, I just got back. I just stopped away for a minute. That's okay. It's so okay. the biggest. The biggest takeaway is try and participate if you can at your county or regional meetings. Try and figure out what it takes to be a delegate in your region and vote. Those are the three things you need to do as a rural carrier, as a dues-paying member. If you're a non-dues-paying member, you can help with the dues-paying members on helping them select people who have the right ideas in mind, work with them to find the right people. Ask them what it takes to be a dues-paying member if you want to join and help out. Because being a dues-paying member gives you that voice to vote for this stuff. We accept you either way, but in order to participate in these activities and use your voice with your vote, you have to be a dues-paying member. I do want to add, just for any of you guys out there that are in the northeastern Michigan County unit, our meeting is this coming Wednesday, the 20th at 6.30 in West Branch. It is a non-business meeting. All informational district rep will be there going over recs and disputes. You also do not have to be a member of that county to attend. You just have to be pay a dues-paying member, but it is open to everybody. Okay. I just want to put that out there. Okay. All right, the next topic we have is disputes coming up because we've now passed the mini mail survey and some people have been saying that we're going to be getting our results back on the 23rd, which is 
Friday. So we're going to talk about the dispute forms, what you need for them, and why it's such a pain in the butt. So who wants to take the lead to start this out with the dispute form? Go ahead, Bill. Oh, let's see. Um, God, you can't dispute this. You can't dispute that. You can't dispute this, that, or the other thing. But this is what you can dispute. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the the whole situation needs to be disputed because of the fact that per the contract, we shouldn't be having these mini mail surveys without complete transparency. And we still don't have it. We have a problem with mapping, but that's okay because breadcrumbs will uh, give us the, the tracking on you. Oh, okay, your data is incomplete because of cell phone uh, tower coverage. That don't worry, we're using satellites now. Oh, those satellites down because the the uh, Dallas Cowboys are playing tonight. You, you know the the litany of excuses of what we're not disputing is just gigormous, and it and it just it irks the living hell out of me. It really does. That to limit us in what we dispute is basically handcuffing us in regards to getting paid for what we do. One um, of the things that you're supposed to have at the end of every day is a summary. How many people have gotten a summary every day, let alone a day at all? The radar reports are supposed to be posted daily, whether it's during the mini mail survey or not. How many offices have the radar reports up? How are you tracking what when it comes in? What's being counted? What's not being counted? Uh, it's a fiasco beyond compare. And as far as I'm concerned, yeah, when they come by and they say, sign the sheet, and I'll, and I'll politely say, no, thank you. I decline signing anything that is not valid or proven to me. Because in my situation alone, it's just horrendous in regards to the information, especially the radar reports, because we can't prove anything as far as the bundle flats are concerned. They're off by over a week. So mini mail survey disputes, dispute everything and let them sort it out. So I was looking at this and Last time they told us the specific things that you can dispute. And I went through this list and I went through how many pages of paper you would technically have if you got every piece of paper you're required to get from management. And each person, each union member would be submitting not only a dispute form, but they would also be submitting over 2,000 pieces of paper. <laughs> including your your radar reports, your RIMS reports, the RMFS reports, everything. In order to dispute anything on this, you would have to submit over 2,000 pages of paper for each route. And they're saying, oh, it's a streamlined system. It's easier this way. It makes it quicker this way. Yeah, I feel sorry for all the for – the, D DRs that get all of these disputes because they're getting them from every single carrier every single time if they're actually getting the volume of paperwork they're supposed to be getting. But none of us get that paperwork. We're supposed to be getting it, but we don't get it. And of course, when you 
tell your ADR or DR it's going on, they're like, we're letting district know district's supposed to be getting on them to do it and things like that. And it's still not getting done. Management is intentionally hiding the numbers from carriers. They're intentionally hiding them. There's no argument that they're hiding them because if they weren't, we'd have those printouts every single day. They'd be turning around and saying, see, see, this is why you have these numbers. This is why you have this problem. This is why it's all this. They're not willing to show it to you. Why? Because they know it's wrong. And as from ADA arbitration said, and we've said on this, management would rather climb a tree to lie than stand on the ground to tell the truth. But, but here, are the, here are the things. What? I was going to say devil's advocate. Shouldn't the DR or their designee and or the person they're sitting across from in labor be able to log in and pull up these reports? Supposedly. Okay. But the union does not have access to it. They've admitted to it. They don't have access to those numbers. And Management shouldn't those numbers be provided to us every day? They were supposed to for transparency before the wrecks went live. And there was supposedly a labor charge on that, but they still haven't released it to the union. Or if, if I recall correctly, when Ronnie Stuss was talking about it, uh, the management did give them a flash drive with the information on it, but it was in a program that their computer systems could not decipher. So they were trying to figure out and engineer a way to decipher the numbers and stuff off the, off the flash drive they got from management. But that's hearsay from what I heard. So take that with a grain of salt. So, it wouldn't surprise but, me, though. No. But these are the things they said you could dispute on the last mini-mail survey. Are they using Gobel? <laughs> the um, first, the list is very small. It starts with... The parties agree that carriers may dispute the following. And notice they use the word may. Um, an entry of zero or a questionable number in any data field on the PS form 4241A that would otherwise expect to have a time credit. This one would include your WSH. If your WSH was not included in your mini mail survey and you counted it, dispute it. Office walk length. So if they, you measured all your distances and somehow the footage is 10 feet shorter, dispute it. Or if it's 10 feet longer, you don't have to dispute it. Though you would want to for accuracy, most people wouldn't. Um, route length. Now this one is a big dispute that a lot of people have. And I'm going to talk about that for a second because it's very important. What the route length you measure with an odometer is your EMA mileage. Certified odometer is only for EMA. Your route length is now by the mapping program. So if there is a problem with the mapping program and it shows you turning around in a spot that's shorter than where you actually turn around, dispute it. Tell them, I don't turn around here. I turn around further up over here where it's safe to do a legal U-turn. 
The next one is regular, centralized, or total boxes. So if you have a dispute that it shows you have 17 CBUs, but you have 21, or you have, says you have 500 boxes, but you really have 636, you're going to want to dispute that. Daily dismount distance, it's the same as with the office walk distances. You should know how far it is back and forth to your dismounts. That is only for the first trip. The daily dismount distance is for the first trip. It doesn't include extra authorized dismount scans. Daily activities. If there are daily activities that you got credit for, it should be on there. If you didn't get them, dispute it. Miscellaneous time. That includes your service talks. If you're stuck waiting for a train one time a week, that time should be in there. Things like that. And then, of course, option Elf. election. Elevator option or... election. Yes. Elevator is another one. Also, you... at a business or school, if you have to ring a bell and wait for them to answer or let you in. And that's that's a daily thing if you have to ring the bell to deliver the mail to them. I have a yes. carrier in my office. The school has a mailbox, but if he has to go in and deliver a parcel or something like that, he doesn't get that daily time to do that unless he's delivering a parcel every single day. Then it would technically be that way, but carrier discretion. And, and this time of year, they do. <laughs> yeah. So the last, the last one, which will eventually segue into our next section really nicely actually is the option election if you have 10 years of credible service from your computated retirement date you can choose high or low option now a lot of carriers got the high and low option sheet with no already selected on them even though they have the ability to choose high option if they so chose. So that's one you could dispute as well. So anybody want to talk there, about what we just went over first before? There, there's there's one more uh, that you have to include on in there, which is the going to a centralized area for equipment, uh, tubs, trays, whatever, uh, that you that's, also get time for. That that's a big one my office. office. Yes. No, I'll, no, it, it's not because of the fact that, you know, you can do it twice a day or you can do it three times a day based on the volume of the mail. Uh, case in point, you know, carrier comes over and, and the pallets are stored right next to my case and they're walking 150 feet, you know, to get the, the tubs or trays. They need more. They come back and then they have to turn around and before they depart to the route, they have to clear their area around their case and they have to bring any excess equipment back so they can get up to three trips a day on that and that's to be included in your miscellaneous times should be that should be part of your um retrieval of equipment time on your uh, office walk distances for that part and then returning no. the and then re and then returning the items well it should be we, yeah it returning... should be but there, there is a so, separate, uh, separate um, item article that was uh, 
specifically addressing that uh, situation, you know, for offices. Yeah, I mean, and some then, offices uh, allow you to keep equipment at your case; other offices don't. So, carrier discretion. Yeah, and then um, when it's returning returning the items to storage, that should either be part of your load vehicle time or end of shift duties. Then you get straight time for it. And somebody in the comments said, the CBU dispute went nowhere for me. District representative resolved it by saying carrier will update mapping. And that's the problem. Yep. Settling for language as a slap on the wrist don't do it again. That is the problem. Management needs to pay for every mistake they do. They make us pay for every mistake we do, whether it be through a investigative interview or a write-up, a letter of warning, a seven-day uh, working suspension, a 14-day working suspension, or even termination. Why can we not hold management accountable and make them pay the carriers for their mistake over all this stuff. It's stupid that we're settling for language. Because from what was written there, it doesn't even say don't do it again. It just says they'll map you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. They'll remap you. Yeah, they'll remap you. you. Guess what? You dispute it again this time because it's wrong again. They'll say carrier and management will update mapping. Because all they care about is getting it done and over with, passing the buck. Instead of passing forget, the buck to the carriers, they're just passing it on to management. You forget the most important caveat in that. Management is allowed to mismanage. And they do it well. Yes, yeah. yes, they do. And so, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you're a district representative listening to this podcast or you're a national officer, it's time to stop settling for language. Make management pay. It's your job to do that. Make it happen. The settling for language doesn't stop the issue. No. I mean, they can argue that, yeah, we can use that as, okay, we told you not to do it. Now you got to pay for it. That's one of the ways they could make it work. But as we know from not only our side, but the city carrier side, selling for language loses the rural carrier, loses to the carrier. It's a loss. It's not a win if they settle for language. Okay, before we go down a rabbit hole too much here, <laughs> save that for, we want to save that for later. We're going into... Relief day work list, signing up for it, and order of consideration when you're on the relief day work list. Anybody in our presenters on the RDWL? No. Or or want yes. to be? All right, Josh. Um, care, I care am. How it works? All right. The the relief with with being signed up for the relief day work list. And the reason I sign up is not necessarily because I want to work, but I want to choose how I get paid. When you're on the relief day work, well, let's start with if you're not on the relief day work list and you have to work your your relief day, the only option you have is a DACA code three 
which pays you 50% of your salary for the day, and you get an X day, which can be scheduled by management. With the being on the list, you have that option, which now in the contract says by mutual agreement for scheduling, or you have the option of the DACA code five, which is 150% payment for the day with no other day off. With that, you know, so you would end up working the six days through and get 150% of your, you know, the time and a half for the day, you know, for that particular, you know, for that your relief day. There is a third option, which is DACA code R, which is mostly used for the RCA comes to you as the primary, you know, as the regular carrier on their primary route. Hey, I've got something going on this weekend with the family. Will you cover for me um, Saturday? You know, so I can have off Saturday and you say, yes, I will do that, which is just swapping a day for a day. Anyone else? Relief Been. day work list is also supposed to be rotating. If you have enough carriers and RCAs to help cover, they are supposed to rotate the uh, relief day work list. Yep, and they have specific steps they have to do in order to get to the point where they get to the relief day work list. Yes. Firstly, firstly, they have to go through the primary secondary and tertiary subs on that route. So if you have a sub that has it as its primary or their secondary or their tertiary, they should be working it first if they aren't already on another assignment. Then it goes to any other qualified substitute in the delivery unit. That includes your PTFs, and other RCAs that are not trained on that route. Then it goes to a leave, leave replacement from another office before they get into the relief day work list. Actually, the wording, the wording on that one, James, is they may use a relief carrier from another office. Yes, everything so is always the, the word may. Everything is always so they the word have, may. They, at this point, they have the option of reaching out to other offices to see if someone's available or going into volunteering, which you're about to talk about. All right. Yep. I have the order consideration up in my hand right now. That's what I was looking at too. Yep. <laughs> you were looking at her okay. hands? But, yeah, I was looking at her hand. Do you see okay. she has a long lifeline? But yeah. you, number two, though, says if, if you have a PTF in your office, that PTF gets the option of that route before the secondary or the third. Okay, that that was my mistake. I, I thought it was after the, the matrix had been no. done. I read that wrong. So I, I apologize for my mistake. But then it goes to the relief day work list on a rotating basis if you have the ability to rotate it. But if all relief day work list carriers are either working or 
scheduled off and they can request the day off without pay on that scheduled day off. Um, then they go to a regular carrier not on the relief day work list and it is done by juniority. Lowest carrier on the totem pole ends up being the one brought on as well, code three. They're supposed to they're supposed to go by seniority and ask for a volunteer until they get to yeah. the bottom, the most junior, and then they can start mandating. Correct. Volunteer first from top to bottom, and then from bottom to top on forcing the carrier in. But they can bypass carriers working the relief day if it would cause them to exceed 28 hours for the guarantee year or 56 hours for the week. I mean 2080 for the year? You said 28? 2080 for the guarantee year, which which ends October 6th this year, which is why the route's going to affect October 7th, start of the new guarantee year, so just so you're aware. But also, it also says as another caveat, regular carriers with annual leave, sick leave, or an X day scheduled adjacent to their relief day will not be required to work their relief day. So if you took the Friday off and you have Saturday as your scheduled day off, you won't have to work. But they may still ask you to work. But they can't they force you. They may still you. call you and ask. Yeah. But they can't force you. And then you it'd be also, carrier discretion. You can also tell them, even though I'm off Friday, I am available Saturday. Yep. You can say, you know, but they're supposed to skip you if you have that weave adjacent to. Um, but you can tell, you can say, I am available to work if you choose to. You got to keep going down the order of consideration. Once you have everybody in your office working, then it has to be any. The last statement is in emergencies, any other qualified employee may be assigned. That includes management to run the route. Management was a carrier before, they can run the route. It doesn't matter if it's city or rural, they can actually run the route because they're a qualified mail handling employee. Oh, my postmaster runs it. She was a clerk. Supervisor hasn't had to run one yet. She was a clerk. All right. What about calling other offices? Yeah, that's up there before forcing in. Yeah. What about splitting route? That's up there before the the uh, relief day work list. What about double scheduling? Well, oh, as yeah. long as they're under <laughs> as long as they're under twelve hours scheduled, <laughs> under twelve well, hours scheduled, they can. Well, the reason I asked is because <laughs> we had uh, a schedule put up there, and uh, one carrier was covering three routes on the same day. Oh wow! Wow. That's Nobody a hard worker for attention. you. Well, yeah. Thank let God me, let me we, guess. we pay attention. Let me guess. It was a PTF that does routes in five hours. Blind? Oh, no. Oh, oh uh, no. That, that's that's an <laughs> off-the-table discussion we, we can go through later on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot say that that PTF would ever be put in that position. I'd hope not, because even they are, are held to 12 hours per day for the contract. All right. So... All right, moving on. Yeah. Now we get into rabbit hole territory. Oh boy. The elephant in the room, the mastodon <laughs> in the room. <laughs> so, carriers 
lost paycheck, last pay period, didn't get that pay this pay period. Nope. And even still, some carriers who didn't get paid two weeks ago didn't get paid this week either. And the problem seems to be that management currently is blaming local management for not inputting the data. Local management is blaming district management or the national management. And of course, the union hasn't heard anything about it. They just say it's so, localized. It's probably just a local issue. The problem is we have carriers who have lost money, even more than the pay that they did not get due to late fees, overdraft fees, things like that. And we need something for them. We need a process to get these carriers some kind of compensation for this lack of proper judgment from management. Oh, I get it. I get it. I've got every one of my credit card companies calling me because those payments are late. I had a normal paycheck this week and I have six bucks left to my name because I had to pay everything that I couldn't pay the previous check. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and they're all saying, oh, they got a 65% money order. Some people are still waiting for their bank to release their funds from that money order from Tuesday when they deposited in their bank account, if they even were able to make it to the bank on Tuesday with the heavy mail volume of a day after a holiday. Some people have been waiting two weeks for that money to be released because it's a postal money order. And there's been so many scams with postal money orders, the banks aren't willing to release the funds until they verify that it's actual money. That's why I didn't bother getting a uh, an advance on uh, the partial that I was missing. I'm right I there. I know for a fact. I know for a fact, as a regular carrier on table two, I was missing a paycheck. If I was missing a paycheck, I'd have bills going into arrears just like everybody else. Hey, what there isn't a, a, you know, think about us RCAs. There isn't you a know? single RCA that probably isn't living paycheck to paycheck. And if mm -hmm. they aren't, they probably are doing a lot better at the job than anybody else I've And mine was, you know, because... a smaller check anyways, because that first week was I was at National. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's... it's rough. And something needs to be done, and nobody's doing anything to help these RCAs, especially the RCAs. The regular carriers, too? Yes, they need it, too. But those RCAs are the next regular carriers if they stick around. And when you're sitting there and dicking around with their pay, you're making them more likely to quit. You're making them more likely to find a job somewhere else. I just saw a posting sent to a management person in my district for the VMF that pays 30 bucks an hour. How is an RCA going to compete at 19 bucks an hour versus 30 bucks an hour at VMF? And they had five spots open. One of my RCAs well, guess, may be interested in that. I, I guess you didn't see the new Amazon ad showing the 22.45 an hour plus benefits, plus education, plus retirement, plus you know medical. I, I'm sitting there going, okay, and where <laughs> where are the new carriers coming from? And, and the question is, is if you can even make it to retirement there? Yeah. Well, I mean, considering considering you're supposed to be on the line from the start of your shift to the end of your shift and not move, and you have to move so many parcels at a time in a certain time frame on the line, like a robot, and then delivering, of course, a lot of the delivery people are still contract carriers. The guys in my area are all contract carriers. They aren't actual Amazon employees, even though they drive right. Amazon vehicles. But if, so. I, if I was a RCA on, on table two... Okay, and I and I'm I'm getting screwed out of two paychecks. Guess what? That money looks pretty damn good to me if I'm getting it every week. So we need to do something as a union for these carriers. We need to be 
putting it out there. We need to be telling people about it. We need to be pissed off about it. We need somebody to step up and tell management that this needs to be corrected yesterday. And we don't have that. We have somebody who turned around and swept it under the rug. It's not a big issue. It's not a big problem. It's not widespread. I haven't heard anything about it. No, you have, or you wouldn't be talking about it. But no, you can't be upset at management. That may ruin your position with them in negotiations. To hell with that. Step up, be a leader. Don't forget that, you know, this was based on the bell curve. So it was only actually about two, two and a half hours that everybody was affected on the bell curve. Well, folks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You don't live on the bell curve, do you? You live in reality. And 66% of our uh, carriers went down. That's not a bell curve. That, that's a slap in the face. It's affected a third of rural carriers. Two a third of the. Almost no, half. I'm talking about the pay. It was the just pay. under uh, half. The pay was just under half? Yep. Yeah. And just um, well, just under half of the, of the rural carriers. Half the craft. Now, I'm not sure how many of them were dues paying or non-dues paying that were affected. That's not the point. But that doesn't matter. It affected the craft. And your job is to fight for the craft as a whole. I understand there's a lot of animosity towards people who aren't putting money in the coffers to pay your paycheck. But you can't be like that when you're leading an organization that everybody has to do the same job whether they are dues paying or non-dues paying. And I bet if you took care of this craft, there'd be a lot more dues paying members. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a reason why people are dropping like flies. You have people here on this podcast that have brought people into dues paying status, that have brought people into being local stewards, have brought them in to run for offices, run for ADRs, area stewards, things like that. You have an avenue that's helping the craft, but you turn around and ignore it. You turn around and ignore the craft as a whole. And then you tell them that when they're trying to get your attention, that you're going to fight tooth and nail against it. You got your priorities messed up. The craft is telling you what it needs. Last time I knew as elected officials, they worked for us. Not according to the uh, newsletter that they put out on, uh, we take any and all attacks against this union seriously and will not sit idly by to see what happens. Oh, we know how that goes. Uh Uh-huh. Four of us on this podcast know exactly how that goes. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, we do. I don't don't remember attacking them. No, No, actually, we didn't. Gonna attack them one bit. I think, if anything, it was quite the opposite. Like how many people we got to step up and be involved more. And how many people that are holding on to that very thread to stay in because of us. To stay working. That keep pushing through every day. Because we're encouraging every single one of you out there to do that. And we want craft participation. We We need it. We want people involved. Because at this point in time... With the stuff going on with the Teamsters, the UAW, the Airline Pilots Association, all these other private unions 
that our pay system is supposed to be based on craft participation needs to be at an all-time high. And guess what? That craft participation could put more dues in to pay for that elevator or the roof that you were talking about at National Convention. Yeah. I'm over hearing about the elevators and the roof. (laughs) If you just take the time to open your ears to your constituents, which is the rural craft. But I've gone down enough of a rabbit hole tonight. I leave it to you guys. (laughs) Oh, Bill, what can you add to that one, dear? Well... James is correct. You're you're not representing just the union members. You're representing the entire craft, union and non-union members. And just like the mini-mail survey, where I was a test office, and for two years before the mini-mail survey, I've been training our office because management was incapable of doing it, too lazy to do it, didn't know how to do it. But the thing of it is, is that if you bid on a route that a non-union member is on, and they don't have the information to do the mini-mail survey correctly, if they're not doing the scan, if they're not putting the WSS or the WSH in there, that means you're bidding on a substandard route. And you're going to have to live with that for a year because the mini-mail survey only gives you 6% of the information in regards to compiling it into 52 weeks of data. So you have to wait again until the following year until you can get that up to snuff. So this is not just, you know, us being union members. This is us being a craft across the board. And I know it, it irks some people, but we have to be available to help everybody. Because God knows if you bid on a route that a non-union member's on, and it's substandard, it's one year before you're going to get the benefits of your entries, your knowledge, and all the information that should be in, in the scanners for you to be paid correctly. And then you're going to go on that stupid list because now you're making scans that weren't being made on that route before. And now you're going to get targeted by management saying you're trying to do this or that to your evaluation because somebody's actually doing the scans. And I'm going to put put this out there too. RCAs, do the scans. Because you could be holding down that route if somebody takes over or you take over and all of a sudden... Well, this was a 45K route. Now, what happened? I'm only a a, a 40J. Well, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. There's a reason why I preach take ownership of the route. You know, it hasn't been easy. I still have, you know, this last three weeks. That last week of the mini-mail survey and and these two weeks here, I'm running that route. I'm still picking up my aux route. I'm having to do two edit books. And verify numbers for two routes. Come on, guys. You know, you can, you can do it too as RCAs, PTFs, leave replacements in general. You know, that's that's yeah. going to be you someday with that route full time. And you want to help that route any which, you know, every day that you can. And that and that's any route that you're on. Not, you know, just the one you want Correct. or the one you like. Because you're probably not going to get that route if it's desirable. And- so, you know. You every make, day, every route. And you make it a habit to do all those scans every day that are applicable 
and then you just routinely do it on every route you run. I do every single route I run in my office. I've done the scans. If it took me three trips to the door on route five one day, I'm putting the three trips to the door. If I'm on route two the next day and it took me six trips to the door, I'm putting six trips to the door in. Doesn't matter what route I'm running, I'm gonna treat them all the same, just like if they were my very own route. Okay, I'm off my box for the moment. Didn't they say the union has put out training? You just have to go to the website? Yeah. I'm leaving it at that. But how many how, how, how many members actually utilize that, though, too? I know it's not everybody. Well, well I didn't the website? know. Have you gone to the website and clicked on the rec training or resource tabs? I absolutely have, many times. I just haven't looked at the updated before Q&A recently, though. Log in? I believe before they updated two in? questions. I'm saying before you log in. No. Okay, try it sometime. <laughs> I'll try it right now. I will, because I want to see what you're talking about. Hey, James, you want to go over... Oh, did you answer You answer the questions there uh, that we got on the private message from the page? Okay. Yep. All right, I'm going to the app. And well, while you're doing that... I'm not logging in. That. All right, click ha- on the... Res- either or, resources or... Um, you can click on it, Okay. And it pulls up right. what, what is available. Okay. But when you go to click on what's available, it then prompts you to log in. Okay. So, yeah, you have to be registered. Yep. Yeah, you can see what's on there. You just can't actually read what's on there. You just have the list of the uh, of what's available, but then you have to log in to actually read it. They have training, of, you know, resources available to all carriers. No, they don't. No, That's you have to get said. it from isn't that, isn't, Info. Isn't that what that... Isn't that what um, was quoted in the at least one of those articles recently? That was one of the dispute forms that that came back said it's been available on the union website since April of 2022. But if you are a non-dues paying member and or you haven't registered on the website, then no, you don't have access to it. Is that the same one that said that management's responsible for training? Probably. Yeah, it is. I trained actually, my I, I trained my carriers too, Bill. I believe James trained trained his too. Trained as many as I could, Same and here. I believe that. Not not only did I train them, but I got them service talk time while doing it. <laughs> Fifty four authorized dismounts on my route while I was off. A PTF did. <laughs> nice. One day. One day. Yeah. I guess you want them uh, every day when you're off, huh? <laughs> That sounds like a large parcel count to me, you know? You know, and that's the thing is, is I don't know if the sub that was on this route previously was doing all the scans. I know when I trained him, I trained him on the scans. And I gave him printouts of the uh, training materials that are on the website. But I don't know if he was doing them. No clue. I guess we'll find out when the evaluations come down. The only way you could tell is if you got the RMSS printouts. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if... The regular carrier did them all either. I have no clue without seeing if I could get those reports. If this route yeah. drops, I will be asking for those, though. Just... Don't forget the PTRs. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. You know, Like I said, I'm trying to keep track of two routes here. And, <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Two edit books. Oh, that was fun. She asked for our edit books. And uh, my aux route was easy. No changes, as usual. I think I only have to make a change on that route. I don't know maybe twice a year three times tops but uh 
I sat down with the Route 3's edit book and readjusted all my CBUs and cell sizes and, and it could, I'd add a couple extra boxes too. And uh, I handed that in and I said, here you go, have fun, and walked away. <laughs> and then I asked for new edit sheets and labels too. Have we filled all the rabbit holes yet? I think we've pretty much went down all of them. Are you sure? I'm sure we can find some right. more. I'm sure we can find some more, but we should save that for next week. <laughs> I do because I'm sure there's going I'm okay. sure there's going to be more articles that come out. There's going to be more information that comes out. And of course we also have the possibility of people getting back their their forty two forty ones. And for those of you who are wondering, we do have an episode actually breaking down your forty two forty one A's. If you guys want to go back and listen to those. Hashtag shameless plug. Okay. So an email we got yesterday. I'm going to read the front part with the first because we've already addressed with Josh and he has been working on his uh, sound over there. So anyways, I'm going to read the first paragraph. It says, happy post rec survey. One of my fellow workers has been talking about your podcast for months now. I'm slowly trying to get into the podcast. I, I really enjoy parts of it. I find most of it very informational. However, we are an extremely, extremely small office, and if we receive 50 parcels a day on a regular basis, we're pretty excited. So, is there any way that you could consider discussing smaller offices as well? I realize that there's more larger offices, but in really rural areas, we matter as well. Nothing ever goes on, retaliated even out the office if you speak up. So while most of your points are fantastic in a small, small offices, it's an entirely different can of worms. Thank you so much and keep up the great job. Okay. Yes, small offices. I'm going to touch base on this real quick. Most of you You're really... in a small office. Uh, yeah, my office is considered small to those with six routes and aux and two and a half city routes. Um, I have worked... Oh, is that in... small or baby? That would be considered small. Um, I think what he's talking about would be the routes with like one or two routes, offices with one or two routes in them. I have worked in offices that had a full route and an ox route. I've worked in a couple of them, actually. And yeah, it is completely different. Uh, the one office was an RMPO and it had one uh, K route and a two hour ox route, which I think... They had in the past at the time, this was several years ago, we're talking about putting that little ox route back into the big route, so it'd be a one-route office. I only ran the ox route out of that one twice, like 20 miles long and like 120 boxes. It was ridiculously small. But uh, And then the other one I helped out in a lot had a uh, K route and a 36-hour ox route. And it is quite a bit different, and usually there isn't as much going on, and you have more of a closer-knit kind of family atmosphere, usually, not always. And I think, but still, with the smaller offices, in general, a lot of it depends on who's in charge. I really do. Rather, I mean, I've worked in my bigger office uh, at the time when there was 16 routes under the one postmaster when I first started. And it was awesome. It was a family atmosphere. Carriers would get together for breakfast one day or one morning once a month before work. Uh, retirees would come in, you know, invite them in for breakfast. And then after breakfast, we'd go to work. Or if 
you know, they'd invite the RCAs even if we weren't working that day and usually a regular paid for their breakfast. I mean, it, it, you know, it was nice. It was a family atmosphere. Things got done. People worked together. Now, it's nothing like that anymore in that office. I can tell you that. My smaller office that I'm in now, no, it's no. <laughs> I, I still, I, I think in general, a lot of it has to do with management itself. But in those smaller, smaller offices, I think it is everybody's just kind of more closer knit. And that's, I notice, is the big difference. And when you only get 50 packages in a day for the whole office, thank God you don't have Amazon. I, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, when I'm, the route I'm running now, and I'm an average day is 120 to 160 on an average day. So that's a little different than what I'm used to as well. It's a little bit heavier. Well, James, maybe you have this answer. When do they consider dissolving an aux route? Is there a threshold that they've set? So for, for an aux route, you have to have a minimum of two hours for the aux route. The aux route can be two hours per day, minimum. So in order to dissolve the aux route, they would have to take it down below the two-hour mark. So if you have a regular route that is on the cusp of putting the carrier in excise, they could take that aux route and put it on there as long as that aux route is not going to make that route overburdened. So they could dissolve the aux route into another route if they wanted to. The other side of that is, is the aux route could be dissolved into a regular route if they put enough boxes onto it to actually put it up above 42 hours. A lot of people say 40 hours, but it actually has to be 42 hours to turn an aux to a regular route per the contract. Now back to your small offices there, Kristen. Yes. I've been I I've been exposed to two small offices. Well, uh, one one had five routes, five rural routes, no city routes whatsoever, and the postmaster there was a print. Uh, adjacent to it in our parking lot was a uh, sandwich shop that would open up in the morning, and every Saturday he would buy breakfast for everybody in the office. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not a big deal, you know, eat while you're working, didn't have to put down times or anything. Now, th this is back in the day, okay? Mm -hmm. This is back, you know, uh, before 2000. Back when and you were also, delivering in horse and buggy? No, just, hor <laughs> just horse. I couldn't afford the buggy. Uh, <laughs> and then the other office was just a four-route office, four rural carriers, government vehicles, and there was a dictator in there. Their word was gospel. It, yeah. it was, you know, fire and brimstone. I'm God, and you're you're going to be cast in the depths of hell if you don't do what I tell you. I'm the absolute last voice of authority in the world that you'll ever hear. Um, I worked there one day, yeah, and, and came back and said, "Don't don't ever call me again." Well, the two smaller offices that I helped out, like I said, the one was under an RMPO. And I'd helped out in her other her office, and that one had four rural routes, so I guess it was a smaller one too. But I'd starter went out on my car one night after I got back and put stuff away, went to leave, and car wouldn't start. And she actually drove me the 45 miles home. Well, maybe not quite 45. It was like 45 minutes, but so like 35 miles home to make sure I got home. And we pushed the car out of the way. That way, when the tow truck come pick it up, they could. So yeah, there's management like that. And then in the other smaller office I helped out at. 
that postmaster was a floor supervisor in a plant a couple hours away who basically said, if you still want a job here, you'll be, they moved her from the plant to the postmaster position in a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere because it was either you take this position or you don't have a job. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's those too. But my first postmaster in my bigger office, if it was if it was like a Saturday that he was covering the desk for a supervisor, so she'd be off for whatever reason, he would stop and buy donuts at the donut shop across the way. And bring them in for everybody. When somebody would retire, he'd have a cake brought in. He actually paid for a retiree's retirement party that we did, you know, outside of hours at a local pizza joint. He called up and paid for it. We didn't even know that till we went up to pay because he couldn't make it. So he paid for it. And then we always had Christmas potlucks and swaps and gifts and Every year, the local candy shop does their caramel apples like a fundraiser thing, and they would go through and ask everybody if they wanted a plain one or one with nuts and buy caramel apples for everybody in the office. That includes not just the carriers, but the 24-hour dock, as well as all the other clerks and maintenance and janitors, everybody. And you know, Where did did those people go? (laughs) I I know, right? I've got one that just absolutely... You know, if they bring in a breakfast pizza from Speedway, they're, they're yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think may, part of the main problem is some of these really small offices kind of get forgotten. Yes. They're out there on their own. If they don't have someone in the office that is knowledgeable or trying to stay knowledgeable, as far as they know, their postmaster or supervisor is the gospel. Yes. Some of them don't even know who they're who their rep is if something happens or that they may not even realize that they can have representation. I, uh, my office was like that before I came, before I transferred into the office I'm in now. Nobody had a clue. They knew nothing. And, uh, yeah. And now I, of course, everybody goes to me for everything because I came in knowing everything. Well, not everything, but knowing a lot more than they did. And I, you know, was telling them, no, you can do, you know, that, that's not how it goes. You know, they were big on RCAs cannot request any time off whatsoever and, and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not true. <laughs> Got that changed around. And then we're going to wind it down, guys. We're going on nine o'clock or just after nine o'clock, actually. Eastern time. Yes. Yes. And I do have to do the editing tonight. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've been good tonight, okay? Yes, you have. Yes, yes, you have. Uh, I apologize. I, I caught myself halfway through with the ums, so I do apologize about that. Uh-huh. That's fine. I can edit those out. I got. I think I got the sound waves uh, pinpointed to what it sounds like now. <laughs> <laughs> I can just yeah, skip through and go, yep, there's an um. Yeah, yeah. And, and I plead the fifth. Yeah. I'll drink to that. All right. I, I I don't have a fifth with me down here tonight. All right, Josh, your final commentary for this evening. Um <laughs> We're that holding pattern. <laughs> we just talked about that. Sorry. We're in that holding pattern now. Like James said earlier, supposedly, allegedly, 
4241s could be released as early as this coming Saturday, the 23rd. So we'll see. Um, keep up. You know, we're at, in the final stretch here. Take it easy. Don't get yourself overwhelmed. Keep hydrating because the weather is up and down the next week or so. If you get overwhelmed, take a step back. Take a deep breath. Step back in. Have a good week. And I'll catch you next time. James, any more rabbit holes this evening? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think that carriers that are listening to this need to step up and be involved with your union, with your carriers in your office. We need to get everybody involved in protecting this craft and doing what they can to make this craft better. Whether it is helping them learn what they need to be doing and what's supposed to be happening and how management's not supposed to be treating them, or using your vote. Your voice is the biggest thing you have that can help benefit this craft. Doesn't matter if you step up to be a steward or if you just put pen to paper and vote. Do something to better this craft because without you, there is no craft. Take care of yourself. Take care of your fellow brothers and sisters in the craft. And we'll see you next week. Bill. Um. Uh, <laughs> um. Um. Um, <laughs> You're picking on me. Oh, yes, we are in a loving way. <laughs> well, folks, uh, what can I say? The mini mail survey's over. We wait for the results. We dispute. We grieve. We cry. We moan. Um, but if you don't get off your ass and do something about the situation, it'll never change. And I, I think back to the days when, you know, when raising the three boys and working two jobs and, you know, still being involved with the union when somebody sits there and tells me, well, you know, I'm a single parent. I don't have time. You know what? We have a lot of single parents in, in our craft. Okay. And they make time. Um, we have people who have, you know, two parent families who don't take 10 minutes out of their day to go onto the website to, to check out what's going on, what's news, um, what's affecting them and their paychecks and their futures or retirement. If you don't make the investment, then don't expect others to, okay? This, this is a cooperative among all of us, union and non-union, in regards to protecting our craft. So if you see something, step up, speak out. Don't, don't take it, okay? The harassment by management, you know, the, the the lack of cooperation, the failure to provide information, don't settle for their crap, okay? When in doubt, file, file, and file. Make them accountable for their actions because it affects your paycheck, your future, as well as those people around you. There are a lot of people out there who aren't as outspoken as us, you know, who step up in the limelight and say, I'm a target. And you need to help them realize if they don't step up, that that's going to affect their future. And that's what we're here for, to help protect your future, your paycheck, your retirement, and your your sanity. <laughs> because let me tell you, even in, in an office like mine where I'm almost always present for situations, they don't stop. And the only thing that stops them is somebody who's willing to step forward and say, enough. So if you have a backbone, stand up and say enough. God bless y'all.
for doing the jobs that you do, putting up with the crap that we do. Be safe out there. Do the job to the best of your ability and get home to your loved ones because you're the most important delivery of the day. Thank you, guys. Now, I'm kind of going to add on to what uh, Bill just said there about using excuses as being a single parent or an RCA. You know what, guys? I'm an RCA and I am a single parent. It is very possible. Look what I'm doing now. <laughs> so, and there was something else I was going to touch on, too. Um, 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 I don't remember. Now, thanks, Bill. My mind wandered. Uh, <laughs> um, 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 until the thought comes to you. Is that what it is? Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Now, but everybody be safe out there just for uh, the weather. I know my temperatures are supposed to go back up again, so I'm going to be pulling the shorts back out since I've been wearing jeans all week. And, you know, dispute, grieve. If you're in my area, meeting is Wednesday night at 6.30. Please RSVP ahead of time if you can. And... I think we're going to wrap that up tonight. So we'll see y'all back next week.